Hi, good afternoon. I'm Connor Fowler. And I'm Matt Smith. Welcome to Apocalypse Duds. Today we're going to be doing something a little different. Uh, we thought it would be good, well, maybe bad, to give you a view into our minds to see what we are thinking <laughs> about and the sorts of things that motivate us to do the show and what have you. Uh, yeah, so this yeah. will be a brief, pretty unstructured discussion between me and Matt, and then we'll get started with the show uh, with Warren. Yeah, we basically had to, uh, you know, had to show that we are a clown and a curmudgeon, even though we may not come off that way at certain times. But yeah, we well, and we wanted to, we wanted to also like talk the like the process of recording the show. I mean, we have been. We had a show that we were supposed to do yesterday that like totally failed uh, by no fault of our own. And so it really has been a struggle to get things together. So hopefully um, this recording uh, for the show that is on tomorrow will work and you will hear it just fine. Yeah, yeah. We uh, realized yesterday that in the year... 20 fucking 23, it's really difficult to record a conversation via the internet in, in any way, shape, record. or form. Yeah, remotely. Remotely yeah. record. Remotely but record. We're literally just speaking into microphones and hoping that something fucking works out. And yeah, if you're, if you're interested in starting a podcast, uh, just be warned that every platform mostly sucks. So yeah, yeah. They, here we are. <laughs> they do not, they do not work as well as they should, and they like they are paid platforms also. So yeah, you yeah, pay for these we're, we're paying thirty dollars like, a month and getting something that does not actually work consistently, and this has been our our struggle since we launched this. But I digress. Connor, how are you doing today? We're hanging out. I woke up late today, uh, which I never do. I, I, I got out of bed at like noon. Um, Solid. Solid. I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm off until summer school starts. So I just got this new camera, uh, which is a Sony camera. And Sony is like an insane an insane company, I guess. So it's like very, very small. It's like very, it's very dainty. I don't know uh, if it will work out for me and my like dumb, clumsy hands or not, but it is like extremely elegant. It has like a flash and a viewfinder that are both like pop out. So it's really like slim line. What What model is it? I don't know shit about cameras, the but I feel RX, like maybe somebody listening. This is the RX one hundred seven. I think Connor, if he is out there listening, knows this camera. Um, okay, it's basically like everyone's review of this camera is like this thing is a masterpiece, but it's extremely expensive. Like right. that's the only con that anyone can come up with is it's extremely expensive. And because I'm an idiot, I bought it. Uh, uh, yeah. I, <laughs> like sometimes no, you gotta treat yourself no, you know yeah yeah i did you know i finished the school year and so i thought uh why not and you know strangers are telling me that my photos are good 
So I'm like, I must be doing something right. Dude, yeah, fuck it. Fuck it. If, uh, you know, if you spend the, the money and enjoy the thing, then why not? Exactly. What about you? How was the thrift? Uh, today was, um, yeah, not, not worth spending the time that I went to thrift stores, but, you know, it, uh, it's just, it, it be like that sometimes. Sometimes it's, uh, well, how many, I don't know. I mean, how many hours? How many hours? Uh, how many I mean, hours? I only, yeah. I only went to, like, closed stores today, so I only spent, like, two hours going to, like, four stores, um. But you know, because you like, have a, you have like a, you have like a loop, right? That you do. Yeah, I have multiple loops that I that I try to do. Like usually okay. once a week. Excuse me. Excuse me. Multiple yeah. loops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I have an area that that is pretty broad. Um, I mean, I would say like on an average week, I probably drive at least five hundred miles. Um, but you know, there's probably third stores in this this relatively like fine uh area so you know it's i don't know with, with anything like this it's it's feast or famine and that's fine but i mean even if i don't find shit i still enjoy going to the store and like getting into the house and, you know you don't you don't yeah, find it if you don't yeah. look for it so yeah if you are not if you do not seek you will not find and it's also like the many listeners, many listeners of this show, uh, know what it's about to go to the thrift store. Totally, like, totally. That whole process of going to the thrift store is like, for me, is stress relief. Is like, yeah, totally. It's therapeutic. Calming. Yeah, it's it, it is my happy Very place. Therapeutic. Um, if I could thrift with headphones in and listen to music while I was doing it, I'd probably be a happier person. But I feel so disoriented when I do that that it's like. Why can't you? Whoa, 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 whoa! Why don't you listen to music? I I just can't. I don't know why. And the 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 other side like, of this because you're like uh you're like Willem Dafoe in uh Boonock Saints like headphones oh, yeah. uh, in. <laughs> I wish, dude. I fucking wish. Uh, because I also. On the other side of this coin, I cannot fucking tune out what is playing, and being in so you gotta Georgia, listen to the thrift store sound. I gotta listen to the shittiest fucking contemporary Christian music you've ever heard in your goddamn life. Uh, do you a, and do you have song? Do you know song titles? Uh, I I, I don't. Like, I know the songs from like, hearing them. Uh, yay for thee, and there is uh, Lord. I mean, there, there's plenty of that know. shit from, like, my upbringing that I probably have buried in my brain somewhere. Uh, sadly, one chain that I go to that has, like, six or seven stores. It's, it's like, a pretty decent shop. And, like, I've been, I've been shopping at a couple of the locations for almost 30 years at this point. Uh, they, have, they have the exact same playlists across all the stores. So, like... On some days, I will hit three or four of these, and hear like I can figure out where the fuck in the playlist I am because I know what I heard at the last mm. store and I know what I'm hearing at this one. But yeah, if if anyone right. ever needs water waterboarding material for me, uh, contemporary Christian music is probably very, very, very high on the list, if not number one. 
Uh, Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Amen. Yeah. Because everyone from, has, because everyone has like a, has like a, a nightmare playlist, right? Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> I mean, I'm not one playlist. to enjoy pop music either. So it's like I get the shittiest of both worlds all the time when I'm going into thrift stores. It's either like really terrible Christian music or really terrible like pop music that just wants me or makes me want to drive an ice pick into my ears. I don't really it doesn't occur to me like i like i would like to listen to something but whatever is happening in the radio inside of the store is like secondary to my little sorting you know i i mean i try but i just don't i just don't yeah i'm just not one of those people that can tune shit out like if there's a song playing, like I'm a musical person. I'm I'm if you have followed me or the Apocalypse Studs account, like nearly everything in my life is impacted by music because that's how I've been. That was my my second love after baseball cards. So, uh, which is yeah. still the to this day insane. Right, right. But uh, but yeah. Other other than that, um, you know. I have been following uh, a lot of stuff in Atlanta about the cop or the stop cop city movement. And uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I was up till fucking three 30 in the morning, like keeping up with the council meeting uh, yesterday morning, which was wonderful. And of fucking course, the idiot council members did not listen to the community at all. But uh, yeah, it's it well. Is. Could you cl- could you clue the listeners in to so, this Cop City thing? Yeah. So uh, Cop City, as it's been dubbed, is I'll give everyone the brief version of this. Um, it is a police training facility that was proposed, I believe, in late 2020. Um, so kind of like kind of the heart of the pandemic um and basically atlanta and the organizers here and the people here have been organizing against this bullshit for nearly three years at this point um it 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 is supposedly a quote-unquote public safety facility um but atlanta is one among, if not the highest surveilled city in the entire country, um, to yeah, right. the Atlanta Police Department does not give a shit about anyone that isn't a wealthy developer or a wealthy human being. Um, I mean, we've, we've been in the streets here for, for, you know, forever. And, like, it being the quote-unquote home of the civil rights movement is touted out by all these idiots all the time, uh, including elected Democrats, um, who, I'm sorry, are, are oh, yeah. not on the people. On, they are not on the people's side. Um, so, Cop well, City... No one can no say that the Democratic Party is on the side of the people, period. No, certainly not. Certainly not. Um, also, the, the reason why it is dubbed quote-unquote Cop City is because there will be a mock urban warfare uh, 
training area at this fucking thing. Which, I mean, if you've ever gone yeah. to a protest in a major city, uh, you can absolutely see that the people in power and the stormtroopers that represent them do not give a fuck about civil rights. They do not give a fuck about uh, constitutional rights. Um, they are there to protect property and to protect uh, capital. And yeah, it's just, it's a really fucking like insane scenario. Uh, so getting a past that, people in Atlanta have been organizing against this for almost three years. Um, the first public comment in 2021 for the city council, uh, it was all virtual at that point still. Um, the first public comment period was around 17 hours. Um, I can't tell you how many people that I know and myself called and gave comment against this fucking facility. And then it still ended up getting approved. Um, so this is what we're up against. And then, uh, the council meeting that I referenced on Monday, that is for the, actually, sorry. Uh, so initially we were told that this would cost $30 million in public funds. And we were like, Go fuck yourself. Uh, so now it has more than doubled in estimated costs. Um, and on Monday, the city council had another meeting that was open to the public um, about allocating the additional funds for it. So around $60 million is, is the estimate, but I can imagine that it's going to be fucking higher than that. I don't know. Hey, that's conjecture. Um, so the city council listened to, uh, about 400 speakers, uh, out of the maybe thousand or so people that attended the meeting, um, 14, almost 15 hours worth of public comment, which ended at three 30 in the morning. Uh, four of those public comments spoke in support of cop city. The rest were vehemently against it. And yeah. Uh, I recommend anybody to, to look up some of this shit. Um, Twitter is a good place, but they're like the nation, uh, an Atlanta writer today put out a good piece. That's kind of like a, a succinct primer on the whole thing. But I, I don't want to sound hyperbolic, but this should scare the shit out of anybody that isn't a white wealthy person because it's, it's basically well, the state the furtherance of military yeah, police. yeah, it's it's militarizing the police it force. A, um, it is a Atlanta. rubber stamp. It is a like. It I'm is sure they would do this kind of thing in Baltimore. Like they want to. I'm. Sh they already do have huge training facilities here. Yeah, well, so uh, like, we don't you know, need this kind of stuff. Exactly. We also have a training facility that yeah maybe needs some improvements. I, I I don't give a shit whether they improve it or not. But it's like, yo, you're building this in a forest which is called the quote-unquote four the four lungs of atlanta because atlanta is a city in a forest um so they want to chop this shit down which is in a predominantly black lower lower and working class neighborhood um you know uh, because of course it is like if this was proposed in the northern like wealthy suburbs okay. they would be fighting tooth and nail just like we are 
but they would actually get listened to and then it would be moved to a place like this. Um, so yeah, it's just, uh, it will never be built. Atlanta is absolutely against it uh, as far as the majority of the citizens. And yeah, uh, welcome to, welcome to uh, democratic leadership folks. Atlanta has been a dim city for pretty much my entire lifetime. Uh, we've had many, many black mayors, uh, almost exclusively since I think like the early eighties or so, and this is still what they're doing. But yeah, yeah. welcome to, uh, welcome to hell, everybody. Today we welcome machinist, rad dad, heavy me- heavy music enthusiast, masochistic runner, the consummate cap collector, someone not at odds with camouflage, but don't call him Flow Rider, Florian Dumplemont. Welcome <laughs> to the show. <laughs> I, I, I gotta say, that's what... probably one of the best. No, go ahead. Sorry, dude. I always wondered what my intro would be, and... <laughs> Because what, what what separates you from from all other podcasts I I listen to, uh, the intros. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I, if I do, <laughs> you know, if we're patting ourselves on the back, this one's pretty fucking good. I think it is. It is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, Florian, to to get us going here, um, can you tell us? Uh, where you're from, where you live now, and if you want to, how old are you? Yeah, um, I'm from the city of Bär. It's in, in Western Germany. I was born in that exact city where I still live in. I never oh, moved cool, out cool. of my hometown. Um, there was a phase where I wanted to, but never got the opportunity. And I'm now I'm kind of glad I'm still here. Nice. Is it kind of a, a mid-sized city or a small place? It's compared to U.S. cities, I it's tiny. Okay, um, gotcha. <laughs> and and in Germany, I'd say it's in the mid-range. Okay. Okay. Like how many how many people are we talking? Like population-wise. Yeah, that's. The wrong question. <laughs> I, I don't okay, have, gotcha, uh, gotcha. And any any numbers in my head now? Um, okay, no problem, no problem. Just I I know nothing about Germany outside of obviously fucking Berlin, so uh, I I know nothing about the the other cities that are that are actually known. So I was just curious. So we ask usually what you are wearing, right? So you work today. What did you wear to work? And what are you wearing now? Uh, actually, today was a day off. It's ah. some, some weird Christian holiday. And all the Christian stuff means we don't have to work somehow. What is it even? Is it really a holiday? Yep. It's, it's one day off. Um, I took a day off tomorrow too, because then I have four days weekend, and that's always great. Oh, it's hard. But I had some different outfits today. I 
stood up in the morning, went to the gym. Then I, I used for the way to the gym, I, I wear sweatpants and, and a t shirt because dressing up for, just for the way would be dumb some some way. Yeah. Um, right, right. In the gym, I wore my Peplor camouflage trousers made from 1960s Italian camouflage material. And what shirt was it? Yeah, it was a, a cheapo Bronson shirt with a, with, mm -hmm. a CB, with CB's insignia on it. Nice. So I, even even in the gym, I I keep the team running. And, oh, totally. I was gonna uh, ask. I was gonna ask. I was gonna say, you wear camo to the gym. Uh, always. <laughs> My shorts are always <laughs> mo mostly camouflage, um, and I wore a Papua Nui cap, like every day. Sure. Sure. Yes. Yes. After. After the gym, I we we strolled around the city, um, went for some ice cream, and then I wore Mitchell pattern trousers, not not original. Oh, hang, hang on a second. The, what is the ice cream scene like where you are? I you and I had this <laughs> you and I had this conversation where it was like I said, "Oh well, of course, Hagen dazs the German Hagen dazs and you were like. Yeah, uh, no. for, for those listening Kinda. at home, Connor is a uh, uh, ice cream fiend. So of course, this fucking some conversation came up. <laughs> but so right, so what's the so what's the deal? Yeah, are um, you getting like ice... small batch ice cream from a local whatever? Are you going? What does the ice cream shop look like? The our ice cream shop is it's almost a cafe. I say. Oh, nice. Uh, they they're based in in the city center. It's a small shop, and they make all of their ice cream themselves from from natural ingredients, mm -hmm. and it's everything is handmade there. Beautiful. From the cones to the ice cream, the toppings, and it's by far the best I've eaten in my whole life. Oh, wow. That's... Today I had my usual black coffee and uh, Coke, like, mm. like always, and some hazelnut ice cream with, I believe, different toppings like um, roasted nuts and cream and, and stuff sophisticated yeah that, that sounds I like a solid uh... some banana ice cream in my little ice cone that comes with the coffee Ooh, hell yeah it says so you kind of it sounds you're a little spoiled i love that place totally stuff is That's super beautiful. super nice even with the kids, they are they are totally cool. Best place in the city. Yeah, what's a what's Anyways. the name of it? It's uh, Koch's Eisbachschule. It, Shout out Koch's Eisbachschule. 
they also offering like um, to teach you how to make ice cream. Oh, you can you can like go courses their, and like they space? they teach you. What? Like in their space, like come to our ice cream fortress and like make ice cream with us. Exactly, and in their shop in Berlin, they have a second one. Like in in Vail and in Berlin. Wow. So they're expanding. I don't know if they are expanding like crazy, but but it's it's quite the jump from from Vail to Berlin, like two different worlds. Right. Uh, I gotta say that uh, I'm I'm a big fan of the coffee and Coca Cola combination. Like that's just I feel like that sums up who you are as a person so well. It's it's actually the best combination. Like I I think the tastes are going very well together. Yeah, I, I personally have never tried mixing them, but Coca Cola did, or maybe still does, a drink that's basically black coffee with a Coke. And I have other friends that uh, that make coffee drinks with them too. So I don't like mix I, it. Like I said, I respect. Actually, I don't mix it. I oh, you just drink them between. separately. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I can see that then. Like, like sip, sip of coffee, sip of coke. It's a double fisting the coffee and the coke. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Nice. That's really beautiful. That with the hazelnut, beautiful. with the hazelnut ice cream, amazing. <laughs> So, so, Florian, what a we we said you were a machinist in the intro. Um, can you kind of just tell us what you do? Of course. Um, first of all, I'm I'm not a machinist by trade. I haven't had any job train official job training. I worked in in youth welfare for most of my adult life now, but the Working condi conditions there are not optimal if you have two kids on your own. Right. right. And I got the opportunity to uh, start in my brother's machine shop. And I took the opportunity. And now I'm operating the manual lathe and CNC grinder. Like, like not round grinding it's um it's a surface grinder i just grind parts down in in thickness to a specific height okay within pretty as tight tolerances like it's always just a few thousand thousands of a millimeter i have okay gotcha um, i leave it to you to convert it in inches <laughs> that's, that's totally fine <laughs> dude I, I, side note I'm really bummed that uh, after the conversation you and I had uh, about uh, imperial versus metric system really really bummed that we did not uh, include that in the show <laughs> we were just talking about it I mean it really is just a, a hideous one of the many 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 hideous things about america is that we use this like weirdo uh measurement system oh yeah dude uh, i will die on the of hill of course as british as florian also will yeah like 
like the metric system is so much easier and so much more accurate and it, it's just it makes sense anyway uh so basically uh, what, you're what you're <laughs> you what yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like that you die on this hill. Absolutely. Uh, so, a, as you know, a, what you're doing on the job is basically making like various metal components out of like essentially uh, raw material. Correct? Like that's what a machinist does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I basically yeah. my my job is to make parts round and make parts flat. That sums it up like <laughs> <laughs> solid, solid, very precise. Solid. And so to the clothing. So we were going to ask you what was the what is the first kind of clothing thing that you can remember? The first thing. It's funny because my my memory usually goes not so far back. Like, um, I don't remember most of my childhood, really. Mm. But I remember one year in, in school, I was six or seven years old. And my, my grandparents um, actually um, just retired from the jobs. And my, my grandpa wanted to visit his sister in Canada. She... Um, went over there after the war with a Canadian soldier, married him and stayed there for the rest of her life. And my grandparents um, visited them in Canada and brought back some souvenirs. And for me, there was a shirt with some, some print on it, I don't remember, and some <laughs> like shorts with like a um, check pattern and that's stuck in my head that that's really um the only clothing memory i have from my childhood i think because it was the coolest thing in the world that my grandparents brought me clo clothing from a country that far away from us right right right, right. yeah it's it, it I'm sure it was probably some like very 1990s uh, souvenir North American clothing, <laughs> but that sounds awesome. It probably probably was. Yeah. Was 97, so, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very much in the in the 90s souvenir boom of clothing. Yeah. So how did uh, how did you start on your path to becoming you know a military collector uh, in a we should say not that long ago demilitarized state? Mm, I think it goes far far back. I always had an interest starting in in kindergarten, really early, like with four years old, five years old, in military aviation. Okay. And um, It was planes for me, too. Always wanted to become a pilot in the German Air Force. Um, too tall. Didn't, nah. Too lazy <laughs> in school later on. Um, <laughs> and always had 
this interest in, in all things military. It took a break when, when I hit my teenage years and was very into, into subculture, namely punk, hardcore, you name it. And it's in all things military are not that accepted in the German left scene. Right, right. So, mm -hmm. so I, I kept it pretty um, pretty low then. But as I, I grew older, my late twenties, I um, rediscovered that, and and um, because I was in my late twenties and didn't give a shit what anybody thinks, I just did my thing and started collecting, uh, seriously collecting. Yeah, uh, being being that you were uh, obsessed with the Air Force and planes, did Top Gun, like the original one, play a role in, in your childhood? I never watched it. Wait, See? what? Because Florian, no, because Florian is a has a fucking brain. I, I mean, dude, I, I first saw it when I was like eight fucking years old, all right? Like, you know, to me. Sad. I remember being very sad that the guy dies, right? The guy dies at the beginning. Oh, yeah, Goose. Goose. Yeah, but, and I thought but that he avenges Goose. And so, I never, and so I, never re, I never revisited the movie. You can't like, revenge I, someone. I hundred. They're uh, dead. hundred fucking. Uh, yeah, I know. I, know. I, I 100% <laughs> understand. Top Gun is fucking military propaganda, uh, but I unequivocally love that movie and the new one. So, you know, just I can see it as an adult and appreciate the the movie as it is. Uh, like Tom Cruise is a fucking maniac, but also like it's he an is amazing fucking... piece of it's an amazing piece of art, right? You have to yeah, consider yeah, it yeah. It, it's like it's a it's like a like a snapshot of a certain time period but god man for it dude i'm i'm let down by that answer motherfucker whoa <laughs> whoa guess what guess what for i don't give a fuck i think it's great that you haven't seen the movie yeah yeah i, yeah. I will say if you like shitty action movies wholly worth a watch but i digress well so so to this question then like there is not so much penetration um, into German society with, I, right? I would say uh, I kind of figured you would have seen it. Like I don't think I have seen it in a conscious way. But what does camouflage look like in Germany? How ubiquitous is it? Are people walking around on the street wearing camouflage who are not in the military or uh, police? Also, not just camouflage, but military clothing in general. Yeah, all that stuff. In in my area, it's it's mostly that kind of fashion fantasy camouflage crap. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, as far as I can tell, I'm most likely the only one walking around in in vintage and surplus military stuff. Um, although I saw a guy on a bike wearing um, Belgian jigsaw camo lately. Ooh. And great, that was fun. for me like, whoa, never seen it. 
here before. Um, and I know of another guy collecting all things Vietnam War, but he's not so, he doesn't wear the stuff. So, Interesting. You, you see some, some alternative kids here and there wearing old uh, German army stuff, but not as much as um, in other places and you don't see exotic stuff here. Right, right. Mm -hmm. I can imagine that like in a, in a kind of like small-ish place, you, you're one of the few that are, that are seeing yeah, the yeah. shit out. I, yeah. I, I don't imagine any, anyone today would have recognized my, my Mitchell pattern pants as what they are. Right. Most people right. like what? would think, oh, oh what, what, what a beautiful flower pattern. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. It is, but yeah. It is what? It is a beautiful pattern. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And it all, that is what it all sort of boils down to. It's that it's a floral pattern, it is a natural yeah. pattern. Uh, would you pass out if you saw someone wearing a pair of tiger stripe pants in your town? Yeah, I think I, I w would get a stroke or something. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, uh, you know, you being in West Germany um, shortly after the fall of the wall uh, and, you know, getting into military stuff, did, why did the U.S. military uh, uh, become you know, kind of a fixation for you? That's actually a good question. I never asked that myself. Right. But I think it's, um, it's not, it's not that I, I, I glorify the US military per se. It's just the role they had in the, in the Second World War, just because they they basically liberated Germany and and Europe, parts of Europe, and I have to give them credit for that. Yeah, right. The, the and, good absolutely. And you never, I I won't I won't touch anything World War Two German never. Right. It's just a just a rule I I said to myself. Oh, same here. Same here. I I could buy it legally here, but it's um, I won't touch it because um, most most sellers sell, selling uh, German stuff are like a bit shady, at least. Right. Right. It's it's like. You know, and there's other parts of, of this in various subcultures, but it's like, if I found something like that for a dollar, I wouldn't want to know the person that wants it necessarily. Yeah, and like, yeah, exactly. That's just kind of, that's just kind of how it is, man. I, I can't, uh, I can't do it. <laughs> it's poison. Just, yeah, it, it is, it is. And like, I understand the, you know, there's a history behind it. it. You know, there are plenty of World War II museums around the world. Like, 
if I found something like that, I would literally just send it to a reputable museum, maybe, um, and just be like, hey, put this in the context. You know, it, like, it, it makes sense, yeah. but I just, yeah, other than that, I fuck it. Uh, hat, just out of curiosity, how is how is World War Two and and or the U.S. military discussed in Germany? World World War Two is um, is basically a topic in in history class in school. Okay, and it's a pretty serious topic. There's no joking with that because the role Germany played in World War Two causing it um, the Holocaust. It's nothing we we joke about here in school. In my opinion, it taught too less. There could be more, it could be way more serious than it already is. Mm -hmm. Um, The US military doesn't play that much of a huge role. Right. It's, we are taught they they landed in France, they liberated France and Germany, and they occupied Germany, and basically just we, we scratched the surface. Okay. It's so more, basically you... more, more the German role that, that has the huge part in, in history classes. Oh, interesting. So kind of, kind of like... Uh, to to coin a or to you know say a, a known phrase the kind of never again mindset yeah like, yeah yeah hey we got to know our history and know how much we fucked up so that that shit doesn't happen again yeah it's weird that <laughs> it's weird that someone has done that effectively right right yeah but lately it's it's um getting more and more complicated that it's not that easy that it could never happen again right because um the in germany the far right is is uprising they get too many votes in in um in in any election basically it's not only Eastern Germany where they were always stronger. Um, mm-hmm. It's Western all over Germany, basically. Oh wow! So the United States and Germany have very complicated military histories. Um, we know that the German government restricts the far right and/or Nazis and their use of Nazi insignia and symbols, how effective is it? I mean, this question originally written was, uh, when was the last time you saw a swastika? Um, Restriction? Yeah, some groups are illegal now, like Blood and Honor, Combat 18. Mm -hmm. Um, They get banned, or got banned, like, in the early 2000s i believe um but it doesn't work out like they form under a new name and it's basically the same people um doing their shit um and and lately a lot of shit got uncovered like they are far right 
connections in, in law enforcement, in the military, and all things come to light lately. And in case of, of Nazi insignia, I never saw anybody walking around with a, a swastika because that would cause, like, I think it would cause jail time. But wow. Yeah, which yeah. Is, a, is a very stark contrast to the fact that I see no less than 10 Confederate flags every single fucking day. And, like, not that it's on, you know, it's the equivalent, but, like, it kind of fucking is. I see a traitorous flag yeah. every single day of my life, multiple times, and you've never seen one in public. It's, um, but it's the same with, with uh, Nazi flags. I saw multi multiple documentaries about uh, America's far-right scene, and if they are doing rallies, um, you yeah. can walk around with, with fucking swastika flags, and nobody oh, yeah, seems dude. to care. No, nobody gives a single flying fuck for the most part. Uh, yeah, you can do it. You can do it right in right in DC, right at the Capitol, right at the White House. Right. And and That's that freedom. is something that could never happen here without the person swinging it going to jail. Right. At oh, least man. for some what days. Yeah, what what a what a contrast, man. Like you know, all things considered, that's pretty fucking good for the, you know, a, a, a capitalistic liberal government to actually put something into action. I'm a little surprised, honestly. I thought you were going to say, like, well, I mean, not like you hang around uh, swastika people, you know, but like, I don't know, maybe you see it. Maybe you see one one every year. Um, actually, not not in my entire life, but. Nonetheless, really? the far right has new symbols they they used to identify themselves, and I see Nazi stuff weekly. I guess right, right. It's yeah, just it's it's, it's far more coded, like, like yeah. some some bonehead with a certain fashion brand, you know, um, or like like um, number codes like eighty eight, fourteen eighty eight. Right, mm -hmm. that crap. If you yeah, know, you yeah. you can identify them, but the, the right. But most people nothing. just don't understand. It, yeah, if you've yeah. spent time in hardcore or punk, man, you you understand the the fascist shit that gets you know that gets like coded in that way. It was a good school for that. Yeah, certainly. So you know you were bo you were born in 1990, I believe. Um, yeah. So very shortly after the Berlin Wall fell, and you know we're we're kind of con both Connor and I and the show in general is very interested in in cultural shit, um, and and this seems like prime time for for like a countercultural revolution to kind of define where things would head, um, you know. Both, I'm sure the right and left were fighting for like dominance. But do you remember any kind of like moments from the early part of reunification? Mm, not really. It was like 
I was born in 1990, mm -hmm. um, just when when Germany reunited, and I don't remember like I was simply too young to remember anything. Okay, um, gotcha. But but I know that um, in the mid 90s Germany had a very very big punk wave, like the right. second one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, and, and your your typical Nazi skinhead, basically. Right. Was, but the the conflicts were were bound to to bigger cities, like Hamburg, Berlin. There was was more trouble. Surely. We are almost only talking about subculture and style. What came first for you? Did you, I mean, were you interested in hardcore and then politics or politics and then hardcore uh, simultaneously? I, I think music came, came first. Mm -hmm. um, but I also believe that if I wouldn't have that mindset like in me, I would never have, have gotten into that kind of music. My my journey in, in subculture started when I was twelve. I got from my, my older cousin. I, I got a um, Nirvana C D handed down. What C D? Um it was uh some some live recording out of uh, recorded in, in Holland. I believe oh, it was yeah. In, in, yeah, in so Zoom. a fucking bootleg, dude. Yeah, the it was it was pretty cheaply made, but it, it pointed me in the right direction. Mm hmm And and from then I listened Shortly after that, I, I started listening to to punk, more, more serious and more with more more polit political lyrics, and then came hardcore into my life and changed everything again. Like with with, with style, um, in my punk days, I was bike jacket, boots, mohawk, like pretty pretty standard and, and hardcore showed me that there are other options like to dress like I want but also listening to heavier music totally yeah I, I think that's a pretty common like you know timeline of, of things which I, I grew up in kind of in the same in the same way, like grunge and alternative, then punk, then hardcore. Um, and my style definitely changed, as everyone's does, which is awesome. And then your your views also change, and you're like, oh, shit. Like, there are other people that, that think the way, the way that I do? That was actually the first moment I felt like at home in a, in a scene. And... I never left really. I'm I'm still into punk hardcore. 
Yep. But I don't go to shows that often these days because workload is, is a shit ton and I have a family. But it's always the, the feeling I, I had going to my first hardcore show when I whenever I, I go to another one. Yeah, same here, man. Few and far between, but they still give me the feeling. Yeah, but although I, I I have to admit that I'm not as active in the mosh pit anymore. Yeah, sadly. <laughs> because I I would regret regret it days after. I bet yeah. you were a terror yeah. in your youth, though. Yeah, absolutely. I bet you were a real yeah. fucking nightmare, so <laughs> that's good. <laughs> um, yeah. I was wondering what... Uh, hmm. What's it like having a social safety net? in in germany i mean is that is that a, even a fair thing to say is there a is there a good social safety net there Have, has that changed your politics at all we have a social safety net like i if i'm uh, if i call sick at work i get paid anyway oh. my my um, insurance pays my wage for that time um if I have an accident at work and can't work for a longer period of time, there are institutions paying my wage at least partially, like 60% or so. Um, it's, it, it's good. Like, I don't have to fear uh, unemployment because of uh, getting sick. Um, but my my politics haven't changed uh, that's nothing that would change my politics yeah because i i still see um the root of most evil in uh, the capitalist society and that's something i that cannot change until the world changes right it was a little loaded it was a little loaded question, but like, um, yeah, it's amazing. It just is like, I was on the fucking phone with the insurance people today. Like, I'm not even, I will very, I will wade into this gently, but like, I called them Medicare three times just to get from them what they might charge me for this therapy session and they can't tell me they say that it's covered but that there might be a copay they can't say what the copay is going to be and so the therapist can't say and medicare can't say so who is making the choice wow yes it's That's insane i mean i and the guy was even like oh sir i i see you have called in uh three times today and yesterday as well yes yes i fucking did it's every time i i i see something like this from from your friends is it's nuts from from my standpoint i if i visit a doctor i have to pay i don't have to pay a single cent 
Never. I have to co-pay some, some medication like here and there, but it's always around 10 bucks. Manageable. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly manageable. Totally. It's it's such a like such an interesting like view that like a, a, a percentage, I guess significant percentage of the US has that it's like Oh, this doesn't work. Like, it, like national healthcare doesn't work, and and you're fucking born and raised in not a major city in Germany, and that's like a, you yeah, never. That's a, yeah, um, it's just it's just fucking insane. Yeah, it's medical healthcare systems work. They definitely do. It's proven like all over the world. Right, right. Except the U.S. <laughs> Except the U.S. Yeah, we're one of what, what, like three countries or something that has like a similar medical yeah. medical system that than we do, and it's just it, it's purely absurd when you talk to people, and you know, it, you like I love that you said when you see things from your uh, American friends, it's it, it blows your mind because that's that's how rational human beings should think about it. It's it's nuts. I I lately saw um, on Instagram stories of Wally Edge that right. he has a, a torn muscle that need to get fixed, and they started a fundraiser. Like it's it's mind blowing to start a fundraiser to cover medical bills. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And and sadly, that is the norm now. Like, how many GoFundMe's do, do people see on a daily basis? It's like, oh, shit, yeah. I, I, I have stage, you know, stage two lung cancer and I don't have insurance. Uh, can someone help me, please? And you're like, wow, this is dystopian as fuck. <laughs> These, yeah. this, this whole pay or die mentality is, is absolutely sick. Oh, absolutely. And the sad part is that, like, you know, I, this is probably on my mind because Pat Robertson died today. Uh, rest in piss, you fucking asshole. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, you know, but bastard. Like in the U.S., a lot of the a lot of that mentality comes from this, um, you know, this evangelical Christian side of things, where it's like. Oh, yeah. you're fucking up something, and God is smiting you essentially. If you Punishing. are poor, you're being punished. Yeah, yeah, you're being punished for not, you know, for having a job like the only job that you can get, and not being able to afford any fucking thing on the planet, like rent, utilities, food, etc. Yeah, like I, yeah. It, do you guys have anything like that? Like I, Germany is is probably somewhat religious right i would assume you you guys have a christian holiday yeah yeah germany overall is pretty catholic for the most okay. part but the church has some influence but not as much as in the us i i think and we don't have as much radical christian groups 
Right. Not that I know. Some, yeah, but they are usually smaller groups of, of weirdos. Yeah. Well, yeah. They would, and they yeah. would have to be. Like, they they do such things like standing in front of um, abortion clinics and harassing people, yeah. but... Yeah, right. The, the, yeah, but probably a smaller subsect. Yeah, we yeah. we have a probably a whole lot more of that, I would assume. Yeah. I yeah. And they are not as dangerous, I, I think. Yeah, certainly. It, it doesn't some, sometimes someone rings at, at the door and hey, can we talk about our Lord and Savior? Uh Mm -hmm. It's annoying, but but nothing more. Not right, serious. right. Yeah. It's always no, fun if they, if they ring. If I'm in the mood, I uh, <laughs> have really fun with them. <laughs> oh yes, I can, dude. Knowing your sense of humor a little bit, I can uh, I can totally envision this, and it's funny as shit. <laughs> so I guess you ran yeah. it out, man. Unless you have an idea, Matt. <laughs> no, no, I sorry, I I went off on a little tangent there. Um, but no, yeah, no, to, all good. To kind of close out things and and offer a little palate cleanser from our uh, very pointed discussion today. Um, what a uh, what's your oldest or rarest piece in your collection? The oldest is currently on the way. It's Right now it's in Cologne, into customs. Nice, nice. Ah, yeah, nice. customs is always nice. I already paid customs via FedEx. They mm -hmm. sent me a mail today. Um, it's um, a wool popover shirt from World War One. Oh from fuck yeah! US, U.S. Army it... Medical Corps. Wow, is it so? It's olive, I guess. It's this. Brownish olive, beautiful, like very thick. It, I don't think it's thick wool. My 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 1950s wool shirt, like Korean War era, is way thicker. I guess. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. The well, rare. So that might. Yeah, I was going to say that might contend with the rarest, but what you got, man? Um, the rarest could be I have a totally mint U.S. Army HPT jacket like from World War II, but, but totally crisp. Ne never issued, never worn. Cutter uh, tags, cutter uh, stamps actually are still visible. Wow. And it's, it still has that dark olive green color to it. No fades, no nothing. And my Christine. M41, my patch, completely patched M41 could be on the rarer side too, I guess. Oh, hell, uh, yeah. If it's fully patched, that's definitely on the rarer side. Yeah, it has... Rank insignia and division patch and 
it's a little salty, but uh, actually one of my favorite, most favorite jackets. Yeah, such a good shape. But if that Arctic M41 comes to my home, I guess that will be the rarest thing I, I have. Hell yes. It, it will be yours, my friend. It soon, will be yours. Right? Soon. Yes, very soon. Uh, man, yeah. Uh, so what what is the best deal that you've gotten on something, that, in your opinion? That, that's pretty easy. It's that reversible survival head that Air Force One. Oh, fuck oh, yeah. yeah. OG 107 on one side. Blazing orange on the other side. Um, yeah, that's and that thing is sick too. It's um, actually brand new, and I got it for thirty euros shipped. Wow! Yeah, that's a fucking like deal. Around thirty-two bucks, and it was it was listed um, as olive green boonie. <laughs> nice. So, so the dude clearly didn't know what he had. And trash uh, and treasure, right? That's yeah, it took offers only, offered thirty shipped, and just to test out my luck, and uh, I got it. And first, I couldn't believe, but I got the box with the hat. That's awesome. Yeah, your My your love for the Air Force continues. Mm. Yeah, definitely. But, but my my girlfriend hates that hat. Oh really? Why? She hates she hates the shit out of it. I don't I know why, but that... but she's generally not into that military stuff. It's always another green jacket that shows up. Oh, that's the episode title. Another oh, green jacket. An, period. Yeah, hundred percent. It's another stinky green jacket. Oh, there you go. Another stinky green jacket. Perfect. Because she also Perfect. hates that vintage smell. Like mm. basically, Man. basically every single piece of surplus or vintage I've handled had that exact same smell. Yeah. Except that that U.S. Navy rain gear I have that that rain smock with a, a laced front. It's uh, mm -hmm. that impregnated cotton crap, and it has like a very sharp chemical smell to it. Plus that vintage smell. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, it's, I it's awful. I'm hundred percent what you're talking about. And that smell just entered my brain when you said it. Like, yeah, <laughs> one of one of my, yeah, not not to turn it on me, but like one of my least favorite uh, feels in the world, like yeah. textures, is super fucking dry clean sateen shit. Like you can yeah, cut yeah, bread yeah. with that thing, and and yeah. every time I touch it, I'm like, I I dry heave a little bit. I'm just like, oh goddamn. It, yeah. it it always feels like it it could crack, like yeah. if you touch it, 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 it turns right. to dust immediately. Yeah, like, it's like carbon free 
something. Like, I don't know if this is going to fall apart the minute that it has any pressure on it. I don't know if, if people can walk in it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't fucking know, dude. It's beyond me. Uh, well, Ford and D, thank you so much for coming on and uh, having a, a fucking for conversation. Me. Yeah, dude. I- anytime. Um, we we like being uh, international. So yes, you know, this this is the apocalypse, apocalypse does, does international. international. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but we always like to give our guests a, a chance to shout out themselves or or something they they like. So here's your chance, my friend. Yeah, I like to give a huge shout out to my good friend Philip out of Magdeburg. He runs a small manufacturing of handmade bags made out of vintage camouflage material, vintage and, and surplus. His Instagram is underscore tactonic underscore. And I think, yeah, that was it. Awesome. He's the awesome. only one yeah, we'll, that deserves it. Yeah, we'll, we'll give him a shout out for sure. Um, also, if you like a fucking cool dude, you should follow Florian. Uh, I don't think you're private. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to share your handle too, please do. Uh, I... <laughs> It's, uh, I have to look it up. Do you want me to do it? You want me to yeah, do it? Please, if you have my Instagram on hand. <laughs> I do. It is bazookajo385. Boom, baby. Uh, yeah, lots of yeah. good shit on here. Very, 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 very handsome person. Lots of olive drab, uh, beard. It's, it's only olive drab. It really is only all the right. I'm scrolling it right now. It's like this person is like smoking a cigarette in these camouflage short shorts. <laughs> I, I'm also going to say follow uh, Florian uh, and go read the uh, the first 5K story because it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my Holy life. Holy shit! And, Have you seen this, uh, Linen? Did you get this from him? What? 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 Uh, wanted some military in with Buzz Rickson's official U.S. Navy Chambray shirt. Uh, no, it's just you wearing like a tailored coat. It's you look good. Uh, it's it's not a, a tailored coat. It's it's um, it's nineteen eighties Armani. It's a it's a linen jacket. I yes. got from a friend out of Cologne for my girlfriend's father's wedding and i didn't want to buy anything like from the racks so i got this one you look super good it, yeah like this is really, really, this is really such really a good fit, dude also also the seiko shout out seiko i don't even know how uh, i never saw i don't even know how i never saw this it Instagram was last June or July. I'm not even sure if we knew each other back then. Maybe so. I'm I'm deep in your Instagram right now. So everyone, 
go find this Instagram. There's tons of gold on here. And with that. And with that, uh, okay. Uh, everyone, thank you for listening. Florian, thank you for coming on again and being a, a good sport with our dumb fuck asses. Um, if you like what you heard, if this is your first time, welcome. Uh, please follow us on Spotify or whatever platform you use. Please, please, uh, please. Rate the show uh, five stars because we're fucking awesome. Um, yeah, we, we like to talk ourselves up sometimes, but also be self-deprecating. Um, at Apocalypse, or sorry, uh, ApocalypseDuds at gmail.com if you have thoughts, comments, concerns, uh, or questions. Uh, if you want to tell us to go fuck ourselves, that's a perfect way to do it. Um, at Apocalypse Does on Instagram. And thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers.